Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, January 29th, 2016. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer you Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Or 2006, as Ben likes to call it. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome, Crater fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my co-host. Ben Strahan. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Ben. Welcome, Josh. Wonderful to see you, brother. <laughs> ben, the, the MDG inside man. Oh, man. What a, what a coincidence. Kind of humbled with all that stuff. It's fun. Yeah, and it's awesome. So if you don't know, guys, uh, Ben just put up a new show called Transmission. You guys hit the top 150 for a tech podcast on iTunes. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. After being released only for three days. Yeah. Got a, got a lot of press and all that stuff. And it's cool. Yeah. It's cool, yeah. It's It just confirms. Like, it, I don't think it's anything special that I did. I'm just glad to be part of it. It just confirmed that. Everybody's um, hungry for MDG input. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is something that has been needed. It's almost like people are kind of starving to hear it. And not that like MDG doesn't put out or communicate with us. It's just like there was a lack of a human element. I would, I would have to say like, that's probably a way to describe it. Yeah. Things felt a little too corporate and everything. Well, I mean, it, it's all just online blog posts and mm-hmm. forum. I, I mean, you, you get the what was called Dev Shop, and now you get the, the Meteor Night and that kind of stuff, and that's okay. But are they even taking Twitter questions anymore? That thing? I didn't even watch the last one. Uh, you know what? The last one they didn't mention Twitter once, so I don't think so. I yeah. was on the Meteor forum or the uh, YouTube chat during the last one, and mm-hmm. I think they took one question from there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely not as interactive. So it's nice to like have you guys highlighting forum stuff and responding mm-hmm. to it. And I'm looking forward to Sashko having a better mic. <laughs> <laughs> I was relieved that that was the, that was the number one comment. Yeah. 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 And I was very amused by that person that you paid money to make that first YouTube comment. I did not pay anyone. <laughs> no, I know you didn't. Very <laughs> I, I read that comment. I'm like, really? Come on, guys. Like, I appreciate you're a fan of mine. And Ben is on this show and he does an awesome job. And I appreciate him being here. But like, let's be supportive. That comment was unnecessary. Yeah, there was a dude that said, what did he say? Obviously, Josh Owens is the talent behind all the podcasts. Yeah, he said That was directed like, at me. <laughs> he's like... The first exciting thing was like the, in 14 minutes, a psycho guy walked by. I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't even make it that far. Now, now I got to watch that far to see the guy walk by in 14 minutes. So behind the scenes, what people don't know is, so that guy is, is actually a real, like real creep. Real so, crazy. So for the whole show, you couldn't see it. But when I was sitting there, my angle, I could see him. And there was a guy over there just like looking at me like this the whole show. 
<laughs> like big eyes and he's like go like come over the edge and just like eat over the edge finally at the 14 minute mark he like finally really walked out and you only see him for a second in the video but the whole time i was recording i'm like well who is this guy staring at me through the window <laughs> i may not get to see it. i'll have to fast forward to 14 minutes but i generally listen to stuff when i run so like my long run i got that queued up this weekend for my mm. i was astonished at how many people watched it on youtube yeah. i think we're, we're well, they've, closing they've got, to a thousand there they've got a good uh subscription base on youtube so yeah they, i think, think that's um it. Dev shop has helped kind of build that up a lot. So, yeah. which I mean, if you guys also don't realize, like I've got a YouTube channel and uh, I put these podcasts up weekly so you can see our smiling faces. That's right. Yeah. That's <laughs> crazy haircut. Oh my gosh. It's just getting crazier, dude. I don't know what to do with it. Oh, it's, it's looking pretty good now. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Just wear I'll, your I'll, hat and then take it off and then I'll leave it out. Looks right good. There. All right. Let's get into it, man. Let's do this, bro. So we're going to talk about testing with Meteor 1.3, Reactive GraphQL, Mm -hmm. a React primer for Meteor, and optimizing your React performance. All right. You have to optimize React? What? Guess so. I don't know. (laughs) You tell us. Yeah, no, it's a great article. I kind of looked over it and... uh, read a little bit and liked it. So I I threw Mm -hmm. it later. So a first implementation of Meteor app testing for 1.3. This was actually posted in the Meteor forums. I popped it up on Crater as well because I I wanted to get a lot more eyeballs on it. And the forums are good for having some discussions, but the problem is like so much discussion happens in there, things easily get lost. Mm -hmm. And so I think Crater is really good at like highlighting and getting a lot of eyeballs on something. I posted it over there and Tom was talking about some of the work that uh, Avital has been doing with uh, a new command in the tool called Meteor Test App. They've built a Mocha driver using Ronin Bariyoff's, uh, I guess that's how you say it, package. And it allows you to easily integrate Mocha tests into your app so you can start to do integration testing using Mocha. Which I thought was was really really interesting. So I think, you know, if you look at like testing and the different modes you get, you get like unit testing and then you get integration testing and then you have end to end testing. You know, integration testing is kind of in there in the middle. Unit testing, you know, people have already been talking about that, and I think the way the modules work, it's going to be pretty easy to get going and mm-hmm. stuff. So you don't have to worry about that too much. But the the integration testing is the hard part, and this is the part that always kind of like Velocity struggled with as well. Like you have to load up Meteor and then you have to do something to be able to run those tests against like the full Meteor stack to get that integration or the pieces you're curious about testing. And so if you think about it, this is like where you maybe do some pub sub testing or that kind of thing. And then you've got the full end to end testing, which is open up a browser and click through essentially like a user would do and make sure things come out the way you want them to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So no, no database speaking. And, and then, so yeah, this is, this is more about the integration testing. I'm happy to see that they're working on it. Uh, it makes me maybe a little sad that, you know, we we've ditched velocity and now we're going to something that's also been around for a while. Like it's clear they didn't, think about this ahead of time like this this has been around almost as long as velocity like ronan was part of the original velocity team so 
probably could have done this a while ago without too much heartburn. Um, but I'm glad to see yeah. it happening now. It's happening. Yep. This is what we wanted. I mean, you know, Sam had to make the tough call and he did. And that kind of like, I don't know, spurred things on a little bit. And now we're here. We got testing officially supported. It's awesome. At the same time, like Aranota came out with mantra and you could see unit testing uh, in his mantra examples. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what you were alluding to, like with the new module system, unit testing. Yeah. So Pete, Pete's got a good article up on it too. Yes. Yeah. And we did report on that too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Remind me. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. It's good stuff. Sashko said in our talk that like testing is a cornerstone that he is finally really happy to say is officially supported by Meteor. And it's been a part that's been missing for a long time. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, in a weird state, right? Like velocity decided the velocity group decided something needed to be done. And so they tried and DJ yeah. stamp, but it has been a weird story. Anywho, the past is the past. I'm happy with what I'm seeing. How we got here, let's not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going. Know, let's go with it. You can't just pretend nothing happened, but you're right. I'm glad that there's an easy way. And I think, you know, the hope is what we'll see out of this is maybe a slightly more extensible tool that we can tap into now. And, you know, this Meteor test app, maybe we can uh, find other ways to hook into it. So it's not just... Ronan's implementation, but other people can build an implementation that works and, you know, you kind of get this really good, tight kind of integration with your app and you're able to test it. So, mm -hmm. like I said, I'm glad to see that they're working on it and they put a good guy on it. I like Avatar, so. You could see that they have a guide article about it. Mm, yes. A link to it. And that was something that Sashko kind of touched on where they want to do guide-driven development. Mm -hmm. Like they'll put a guide out there or a blog post. Yeah. Like what Sashko did with, with reactive GraphQL. And that kind of like puts their feet to the fire. That also like opens up and tells us what they're working on. And Absolutely. Yeah. And so I like that because now, now they have expectations that they are literally putting themselves under and the community's job is to like, keep them responsible for that. And I like that. Documentation driven development was coined by maybe Tom Preston Werner. And like, I've always been a fan of the idea, especially for open source, you know, or uh, I think as it was initially called like readme driven development, like mm. write the readme, say what you want the thing to do. And like, even by expressing some of that, you're going to have people come along and they'll be like, Oh, it doesn't quite do that yet, but I clearly see your intentions. Here's a pull request. <laughs> Nice. Maybe that's maybe that's a little magical, but I like the idea of it myself. So I'm I'm glad they're doing it. And like you could definitely see it's like Tuesday or something when they talked about reactive GraphQL. There was like this orchestrated like here's all the things we're working on that seemed to all get posted all about the same time. And <laughs> it, was, uh, it was like yeah, Monday or Tuesday. Oh my gosh, it was it was nice, right? Like I'm I'm glad to see like Evans talking about his work, Ben's talking about his work. Like he's been pretty open about it, but mm -hmm. um, you know now we're seeing this testing stuff posted. Like it's good, it's good. I'm liking it. Small team, they all are like kicking butt in different areas. So what what is this reactive GraphQL, Ben? Tell me. Yeah, so so uh, Sashko kind of threw out this uh, blog post the day after uh, we released 
uh, uh, podcast. And I was like, what, what, what is this fun stuff? I didn't even hear about it. Yeah. Anywho. So inside scoop, he's like working with the GraphQL team over at Facebook. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is like this, this is potentially massive. Mm-hmm. Your developers like massive. They are working on reactive GraphQL. Not only will it work phenomenally well for Meteor apps, where it's going to, we're used to like building query strings on, on the client side and then everything just works like that's what he wants to accomplish. But the big news is here, like we can go through the list one by one, but the big news that, that caught me, and I'm curious what you're thinking, Josh, is they're going to make a server layer for existing apps. So we'll throw GraphQL Meteor uh, layer in there. So then existing apps, existing like Rails and Python and all those apps can have a reactive client. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's powered by reactive GraphQL, which is, I don't know how much Meteor is going to be in there. This is exciting. This is exciting. And well, the so other exciting I mean, thing is multiple databases. But Right. Well, so the interesting thing is by creating that layer, you start to decouple the fact that it's a database behind there or rest endpoint or mm-hmm. anything else, you know? I mean, that's the hardest thing, right? Like everyone's like, Oh, where's SQL support going to come from? Where's it going to come from? When's it going to be here? Like actually doing mini SQL or mini Postgres or whatever you want to call it. Like that actually turned out to be a terrible idea. And I, I blogged about this that, you know, the, the Postgres experiment, seemed to go nowhere. And then Sashko talked about it a little bit in the forums. Like he didn't really view the experiment as a failure because they learned that there's a lot of changes that have to happen integrate Postgres, like mini Postgres into some of the stuff. Like if you look at user accounts, like that's, that's totally opinionated towards Mongo and you know, you'd really have to rethink a lot of that and, and kind of separate it out. And if you're going to do that, like, you'd have to do it for each little implementation you're going to write. And instead Mm -hmm. what makes more sense is if we just have, if we're just consuming GraphQL and we're able to get the data there, like it doesn't matter what the back end is written in. It's been disconnected now from the front end, but you still have a way to get that data there and it looks the same to the client. And we've got this graphing or we've got this uh, query language that's in the middle, right? Yes. So I think to me, that's super smart. And I, I, I love that they're ambitious in the fact that they're directly working with Facebook and that they want to be, you know, uh, a server layer that sits in front of like any endpoint, be it database or rest. Mm-hmm. I think that's smart as well. Like if I look at, you know, what do I do when I'm building an app? I'm either writing publications on the server or I'm consuming some kind of rest data. So super stoked. Yeah. Uh, this also opens up the whole world of where, you don't need to use Meteor for greenfield projects only. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like this is with, with module support coming in with NPM support coming in. And now with, with this news of reactive GraphQL, like Meteor is going to launch, like we're going to, I think we're going to see our community like this grow. Yeah. You know, my biggest concern here, you know, I'm excited about it, but at the same time, with the ambition of the goal is, you know, how are they going to manage that project? Because, you know, I think if you look at Facebook or rails, like they do a good job of working with the open source community. And I think if you have a goal of being able to sit in between a lot of these different kinds of frameworks and and whatnot, 
you know, you're going to have a, a lot of people coming in. So mm-hmm. um, my hope is they, they get a good handle on like how they're going to manage this open source project, because I think that's going to be super important. Well, and this sounded like that it's going to be a whole separate team over at Meteor. Right. The, the data team. Right. So they do recognize exactly what you're recognizing, which is like, we're going to, if we go this route, it's going to be a significant, it needs to have a significant portion of our attention. And so they're building a whole team off for that to be dedicated to it. Sashko is going to be on it. I'm pretty excited. seems like they saw what you just talked about. So, Yeah. Yeah. I, I posted, um, I don't know. Did we talk about it last week? Like some of the stats that I found? Oh, I don't think we did, but they're super interesting. I'm looking at the stats now and I, I'd love for you guys to talk about this. Actually, I think we did talk about it now that I'm recalling it. Yeah. We're just oh, we should mention it again. Commits per contributor. And then I, I, I'm still not quite sure what exactly the forks to stars ratio shows us, but Meteor and Node are at like 12% forks to stars, uh, which is really, really low. Whereas like Angular is at 46 and Rails is at 41. So I thought that was really interesting considering like, you know, nodes had a split off and they've come back together now. And I was actually looking at their newer repo, not their older repos. So they have two repos. Um, so I don't know if you do a fork, like I guess it tells us like, okay, stars are people who are using it, who like well, it, who played with it. Forks are people who are, who want to contribute. contribute. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you get, so that's what the ratio will show you how much of your, of your user base is actually contributing to the core. To me, 12% indicates a number or a, a problem, right? Like that number indicates a problem uh, because obviously like nodes splitting off and then coming back together was a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it made the community better, but I think it indicates that something's fishy going on there with Meteor as well. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's just, they just gotten a huge influx of stars somewhere, which I mean, if you remember, they had that campaign for uh, contributing to code now and they got a bunch <laughs> of stars. So maybe that was it. I don't know. But. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh that always felt like they were kind of like really pulling at people's heartstrings to get stars instead of like on their own merits, but whatever it worked, whatever. Now that I see everything that's coming, I'm not talking for MDG because I have no idea really, but there's so much change going right now. Like I could see where someone would want to like be like, oh, we got to really like stay under control on this. We can't just let our framework kind of like go where like for maybe where the community wants to see it go because we don't, we don't really know. We see all this change coming uh, to JavaScript. Now it seems like the future is pretty clear on where things are going. We should have a talk about this in like six months and see if things have changed. See if like the community is more involved in the core or not. Because I feel like with less churn that's going to be happening, we know where things are going. I think I'm hoping that they would open up more. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I could see why they didn't in the past. I don't think it's so much like a node thing. Like what happened with node. Although it's number, number wise, it looks similar. Yeah. Any other big things that we should talk about on this reactive GraphQL? I mean, oh, I it's on Meteor's blog. I think you should read it. I think it's Absolutely. interesting. I'm really, really curious to see this come out as well. Like, what's this going to look like performance-wise? Like, it's going to, we're going to completely 
<laughs> tear away the current pub sub implementation and it's going to change our, our notions of like how to scale and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they had a nod at relay in the article. The article is just so rich with like, if, if you know the possibilities that come from this article, it just, that's why it's so important to read. Indeed. All right. Okay. So before we get into the next one, React Primer for Meteor is from Sasha. I also wanted to mention, I didn't really have enough uh, space in the number of articles we had, but uh, he also posted a state of telescope. And so if you're interested or using telescope and you're not already like helping out, I think it's important to step up and help out. I think it's been a lot of work on Sasha and he's still going to continue on with it, but he's taking a little bit of a step back to not be as actively engaged on building new versions right now. Um, And it's certainly, I think some of it is the current state of flux. Like it feels very confusing about blaze and react still, you know, I spent 25 minutes talking with a client today and you know, they're, they're still not sure if they want to go with blaze or, or react. And, you know, I feel like we're, we're still like drinking our tea and reading the leaves at the bottom to figure out what's what's the best one to go with. But mm-hmm. if you want to help out, I think Sasha is totally open to taking some open source help. It's a great project to work out on. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get some exposure. Your code's going to matter. It's like one of the top five apps that are fired up on Heroku. Yeah. Right and now. it's you know I think it's it's actually written pretty well from a like structural standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know you can add packages and, and do all kinds of interesting things. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you want to like dive in and work on a production level meteor app and see what it takes to like get it out the door. There you go. Yep. And like craters built on top of telescope, and like you get huge numbers. So yeah. Yeah, guys, contribute. That's a really exciting project to be a part of. It has a really cool Slack room too, Slack channel. So you guys should get on the Telescope channel. So the other thing that Sasha's done is he's been kind of converting, I think he's been converting Microscope to React. He's got like nine or 10 episodes on YouTube that are worth watching. And he's he's been talking about it little by little, like what he's been doing in each one. But now he he's put together like, all of his learnings into like one kind of big post, you know, like uh, it's worth taking a look at, you know, he, he's done a lot of research and playing around and trying to get everything working. And uh, it's all been kind of distilled into this document. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend it. He even points out, you know, the interesting thing to me is that mixins are kind of going away and React Meteor data mix is a mixin. And so, like, he talks about how, like, it's probably going to be going away, but for now it works. So, you know, it's it's probably okay to use. And Meteor is probably going to come up with something that shouldn't be too hard to migrate to if you're using the current mixin. Yeah, so that's really astute of him to uh, have links to that. Mm-hmm. I just did a quick breeze through the whole thing and I am really impressed with what he laid out here and how simply he laid it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he talks about mixins. That's really cool. He also talks about functional stateless components, which is also a really good thing to get your mind around. And then he goes into a little bit of structuring 
your component, like component level subscriptions. Yep. It just, it really is a great write up. It yeah. doesn't take long to go through. And he also like kind of pegs all the little future things that might be happening soon. Yeah. Or the gotchas, like, uh-huh. you know, watch out for this, that kind of thing. Yeah. Integrating with one of the big things that are difficult people moving to react are going to be really surprised when they get this is like working with other third party libraries or uh, jQuery plugins. Like sometimes you're going to be like racking your brain on how you're going to do that because react's going to be controlling the DOM. And then do you want jQuery to control it? Well, sometimes you do. So he even jumps into that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've noticed, like, I haven't really used a lot of jQuery stuff with React yet, but a lot of people say, like, you got to be careful with what you do because React is keeping, like, its own copy and uh, jQuery mod something that's not modded in their their copy, so. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you got to, if you're going to be touching that DOM, you have to do it after after it's it's, uh, created. But then Mm -hmm. if you change it in React, that whole DOM element's destroyed. You get a new DOM element mm-hmm. back. So you got to re-implement any of your jQuery stuff, like all that state and everything or whatever jQuery was doing is not there. So there's different ways on how to do that. React is actually built around that. So they have the methods needed to almost like do anything along with animations and all that stuff. So that's exciting. Uh, and hello, Mr. Train. How are you doing today? Oh, man. <laughs> I had a, I muted myself for a second. I had a sneeze coming. Now my eyes are like watering because it, it didn't come. It's sad. You, hate when that happens. You, got, you guys all know the secret on how not to sneeze, right? No. Well, I wanted to sneeze. Like it needed to come out. Yeah. Well, if you don't want to sneeze and instead you want to give yourself a headache and have your eyes almost pop out, <laughs> serious, keep your eyelids open. You can even hold them open. The fact that your eyelids can't close, you won't, it won't sneeze. It's so weird. And I, it doesn't make sense to me, but I haven't found one person yet. Well, it does, right? I could sneeze with my eyes open. If you need to get the sneeze out, I've always found like looking at the sun helps. And maybe that's why, because like I close my eyes. I don't know. Weird. Worthy, worthy experiment. Life hack. Life hack. <laughs> if you're on a podcast, you can't sneeze all the time, right? But they can't see you so much. So it's okay to look like a fool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You look like this. You're like, no one can see you though. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone has to watch YouTube because <laughs> <laughs> now we look like idiots oh. yes yeah. <laughs> look like a three year old making a face oh my gosh fun stuff so tell us how do we make our react more performant better? okay so like this is a, another play on words but it's like totally true but a lot of people come to react because of performance mm-hmm. you know I remember back in the day when people were all talking about famous and then one of the things that still stands out to me about Famous is, is they had like a Famous Day out there or Famous Conf or something small. And the guys from Facebook over at the React team came over there and they're like, hey, look, we just made the most performant DOM thing ever, these animations with Famous, but it's being executed through React. And so then all of a sudden everyone started diving into React because they wanted performant DOM. And it makes a lot of sense. And that's what their whole argument is, is they're saying, hey, like we make, we make the DOM fast by not messing with the DOM that much. And we have a virtual DOM, which is in JavaScript. And JavaScript is fast. The DOM is slow. And that's the main thing. So now this article comes out and says, you know, 
optimizing React performance. And it's totally true. Like you, you kind of need this. So now that you have the virtual DOM, there are some tricks that you need to know in order to increase performance. And it's a two-part uh, article. Is part two out? I'm opening up right now. Yes, it is out. Yeah, right. it, we're going to report on number one because I didn't re read part two yet. Yeah, it's but it's at the top. So if you click in the show notes, which we do have, you can read the article, and there's a link right at the top to part two. Yeah, totally. So this is a two-parter. There's two sections in this first article. One is showing you how you can increase the performance of the virtual DOM based off of uh, providing indexes for elements or like keys for elements. This is a really in-depth article just on, on this part itself. He goes through three different ways on how you can achieve assigning a key to an element and how it's going to help the iteration a lot faster. Random key, index key, ID key. He covers it all. I love it. You know what I really, what really stood out to me going through it? We would just do an ID key as always because that's just what we do right now. Mm -hmm. But what really stood out to me was the performance tools that are built in to React. Mm -hmm. You know, isn't that cool? Yeah. And what was printing out in the console, like I was unaware of that stuff. So I'm going to be starting to use that in my code. Yeah, like the um, print inclusive, print exclusive, print wasted, print DOM, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the print wasted was really interesting. So this gets into the second part of the article, which is you have a method on your component that says, uh, should the component update? And if you utilize that, then you could cut down a lot of React's wasted time on them computing if it should be updated or not, or if it just does it anyway. So that is where a huge amount of time savings can come in. And he goes through that pretty good in here. You got to remember when you have a virtual DOM and then you have a real DOM, the virtual DOM is going to be created and then it's going to destroy the actual, that part of the actual DOM, the nodes in the actual DOM. Yeah. The changes that come over from the virtual DOM will destroy what's in the actual DOM. Mm -hmm. And, and that's like a big issue. Like what we talk about with jQuery and all that stuff, but you got to think about it. Like, if you're able to fine tune that, that's where you're going to be getting a lot of performance as well. Right. And that's different, right? Because uh, if you look at Blaze and Meteor, like they don't, they don't keep track of the virtual DOM at all. They mm -hmm. just kind of like go in and figure out where something is and then make a change right in the DOM. Yeah. And that's where you start to run into performance problems. I love React, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like the German sports car, right? When you first get in it, it has all these buttons and you're like, I don't even know what to do. And, and someone's like, ah, just use the pedals that you're used to. But then as you start driving it some more, then all these extra buttons and performance buttons and all stuff makes sense. And then before you know it, like you're driving better than you've ever driven before. So if you want the German sports car of view layers, get into React. <laughs> it's good stuff. So yeah, I really like part one. I'll have to read part two now. This article's actually older. It came out in August. Did it really? Yeah. Well, you know us, man. We just love not being relevant. We're just like, <laughs> no, this is very relevant. Very relevant. Yeah, definitely. Nothing's changed with the advice that he's given in the pot in uh, that article. So, yeah. Right on. It's, I really like this new uh, four-topic strategy that we got going on here. Yeah, I think it works out well. Yeah, let's just go a little bit deeper. Like we were going deeper anyway, but it keeps the timeline, you know, closer to the thirty-minute mark because oh, yeah. 
We're windbags. <laughs> and and we like to BS sometimes about stuff. So yeah, like I don't want to be just like dry news, like WBBM. This is the news for today. Like, I know, man. <laughs> be serious. What do you expect from me? Anywho, today in Donald Trump land. Just kidding. Um, I can't stand Donald Trump. I'm so scared if he becomes president. Oh my gosh, my 11 year old, like she like dislikes him with such passion. It's quite funny to watch. She's like, I want to leave this country if he gets elected. I'm like, okay, well, clearly you guys have been talking about this at school. How, how old is your daughter again? 11. She's wow. like, she's gonna be a little activist. She's ready to escape to Canada if he gets elected. All right. Yeah, actually, you know, I made a joke to to the OK Growers uh, about that. Like, hey, I'm going to join you in Canada if, if Trump gets elected. Yeah, yeah. Give me citizenship, guys. Stat. But Canada's not doing too good either. Yeah. So I, th- I think we should just like you know go escape to like a warmer climate. If the governments are just going to like you know go at it, why not? So have you worked on anything interesting this week, Ben? Uh, no. big props to the people who maintain the, the fast lane uh, repo mm-hmm. project. Basically what it is, is it's a scripted way on how to do all the crap that you need to do to submit an app to the app store. Nice. Are you using that for that project you have? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I it got, got like, bought by Twitter, didn't it? No, but the core maintainers are, or like the core maintainer, got hired by Twitter and Twitter's like, Hey, work on Fastlane. All right. So that's cool. But it's used by everyone. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. It's like all the huge companies use it. They, they post some of their example fast files uh, online, like Wikipedia and stuff like that. So you can see how they're implementing it. So it's like a CI build tool for your app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's built in Ruby, but it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, you know, I don't, Ruby. I, don't I don't care. I just I'm need just API. I just need to get done. Yeah. Anywho, it does it, man. I'm, I'm just stoked. I'm stoked. Like, oh, okay. So it would take, if you're really fast, dealing with provisioning profiles, hacking, Xcode, working out problems, you like, you can submit an app in like three hours, right? Using Fastlane or by hand? No, just by, by yourself, right? If you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is after you know a little bit. It's not the fastest. It's Dude, not the I, it's I like, knew. It's I like felt like I knew a lot. And like we had our uh, cert expire, like our developer cert. And mm-hmm. like that took me, it felt like two days to get straight. Oh my gosh. Because like it's such a long feedback loop to figure out what you did. And then it's hard to figure out what is wrong. Yeah. What you need to change. Yeah. Because the errors aren't intuitive and Stack Overflow is like, well, no, maybe it's one of these 10 things. Sorry. And you're like, yeah. oh. Yeah. Terrible. So Fastlane kind of just like, it just makes it simple. It's like, it's like, it has its own issues. You know, it's an abstraction of, they actually scrape the UI and stuff too. So it's, I mean, it's not like perfect. It's not a magic bullet, but I have like over 300 apps to, to submit. To, mm. the, to the app store and I'm like kicking them out in 10 minutes. Nice. And, and do an Android as well. And, you know, we got our own bash script as well. That does like a free, like a pre setup with media and all that stuff, but I'm stoked. I am so stoked. So much. Crazy. That's a throw off for me. Sorry, man. Mm. A little bit more, too much time, but they really deserve props, man. Fast yeah, time. no, that's Take good. Yeah. How about you, man? What, you, what are you working on? What's interesting? 
I have actually been working to revamp my mastering Meteor course. So it's mm. Meteor 1.3, React, modules, like all that jazz. So I'm excited. That sounds exciting. Yeah. And then the other big thing is just like renaming all the Meteor Club stuff is going to be switching to Space Dojo. And so trying to, I think there's a lot of little mentions of Meteor Club that need shifted and changed. So mm-hmm. trying to get all that, but kind of excited. I'm really excited. Yeah. Like 1.3 is really a shift in Meteor, I believe. You're going to have testing, you have better Cordova integration, you can have modules. Mm-hmm. And is there a professional level teaching or a class on that, including React and, and how all that will integrate? No. Nope. So I'm stoked, man. There will be. There yeah. Will well, be. Can I put your feet to the fire? You got an ETA for this? Uh, well, the, the live class is February 22nd and 23rd. And right now people can get that for two ninety nine with the early bird code. That's a deal. Yeah. I dropped the price. It, it used to be four ninety nine. I dropped it to three ninety nine, and then early bird, uh, for the next like half a week, you can get a hundred bucks off that. So two ninety nine. Are you capping the limit of people that are going to be in, in on this? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to cap it at 16 just so it, like we don't get overwhelmed with questions and stuff. Um, I still want to be able to get through all the material, but I want to have time. If people do have questions, they can ask them. But I think going up to like 24 people might just be a little too much based on my wow. previous experience. Where, where do people go to sign up for this? Like this is, it's killer. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, man. It'll be, the link will be at spacedojo.com, but I, I've got a blog post up too on thoughts.spacedojo.com. The latest post about Space Dojo has a Can link. Can they the follow some, someone on Twitter to like get, get to know when like a page comes out or something like that? Like how can... <laughs> Like little softballs from bed. I don't know. I'm just like stoked about this. Guys, you know why I'm stoked about this? Not only will it be really good, a really good class and relevant because we're missing relevant classes on all the changes that are happening to Meteor. But Josh Owens is teaching it. He's amazing, right? And this is how our, re- our friendship started. That's true, yeah. When I took the Mastery Meteor class. You did. You took the bundle, right? Like you took the that well, Later class. I took the testing one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like where it started, man. This is, this is my in to, to get this guy's attention and start and, and, you know, be like, Hey, my name's Ben. How's it going? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Totally true. Totally true. Yeah. So just follow, uh, the space dojo on Twitter and, uh, I'll be putting stuff there. Cool. Stoked. Fun stuff. Excited. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you can go to podcast.meteorjs.club. That'll change soon. It'll be show.spacedojo.com. But we just put out today a React Native show, which was super awesome because we got to talk to Bonnie, who wrote the she wrote the Learning React Native book. So uh, she was dropping some knowledge on us. Super she was. I had a fun time with that with that show. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. And as always, you know, Modulus.io is our sponsor. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for hosting, check them out. Although uh, I will say, I think next week uh, I'm going to get that that building your own galaxy blog post out, and that uses DigitalOcean. <laughs> but you know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to spend like hours configuring nginx, uh, Modulus like is the place to go. Um, I do not want. I I'm glad I have friends like you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because I do not want to do that. <laughs> I enjoy it myself. Uh, but I used to do web pulp TV and we talked about like scaling and hosting and all that kind of stuff. So I'm a geek about that. And then uh, Patreon, I don't know, it may go away soon. I think it might just be at Space Dojo. You'll be able to sign up. But uh, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Meteor Club. 10 bucks a month will get you into the Space Dojo Slack channel. The best JavaScript Slack channel on the, on the planet, really. It is. It is. It, <laughs> I'm part of a lot of Slack channels. And this one definitely lives up to the hype of a premium one. Nice. Yeah, and the best, the best one, the best. Yeah, one. you're in, uh, you're in Wes's uh, React channel too, aren't you? I am. Yes. Yeah. I held off from making a Meteor channel. No, someone there. did it anyway. Huh? Someone did it anyway. It's huge. Yeah. It's getting really big. A lot of talk. Nice. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. See ya. This has been a Space Dojo production. You can find out more information about Space Dojo at spacedojo.com. It's easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. That's S-P-A-C-E-D-O-J-O dot com. <laughs>